0: Welcome to Roof of the World, Tibet in Context, a podcast by the Foundation for Nonviolent Alternatives. Beijing's plans to open a new super embassy at a historic site in London received an unexpected blow this month. Local councillors in the London borough of Tower Hamlets rejected plans for construction of the embassy it would have been the largest diplomatic base in London. It was a decision that must have led to fury and bemusement at the higher echelons of the Communist Party in Beijing. The site where China had planned to build, to demolish and to reconstruct buildings is opposite the Tower of London. It has great symbolic importance as the site of the Royal Mint which previously issued British currency And it's also the site of an ancient abbey and symbolically too, a burial ground for victims of the Black Death centuries ago. In a tense meeting, the Tower Hamlets Council voted unanimously against the proposed development to move China's current embassy to the new two hectare site. They said that local people's security and peace could be endangered by the presence of an authoritarian party state in this historic location. The vote was unanimous and it crossed party divides. Here's Councillor Peter goals speaking at a demonstration against the embassy. next
1: council to rename the street here. Just here is a road... That has no name, it's just a tiny section of road. But this could be renamed so that in the event of a planning consent going forward, in the event of this becoming the Chinese embassy, and I tell you now it's only an event because they have to put a planning application, there's a lot of routes they have to go to, not least of which because it's on the site of the Cistercian Abbey, which was built on the site of a grave pit from the Black Death, so they have to look at what would happen there. The world is to ever go through, we can rename that street so that anybody who ever entered that building would walk through it. Whether we call it Ouija Court, Tibet Hill, Hong Kong Square, we can call it all three, but let us make sure that we stand together and if the Communist Party of China have this as their embassy, anybody who ever walks in will walk past a memorial and a permanent sign to how the Communist Party is dealing with people.
0: So this was at a protest before the decision was made earlier this month. And here's a clip of Councillor Rabina Khan from the Labour Party speaking at another demonstration. We people are first to eat food for they are Muslims, they are first to eat, drink alcohol, when forced abortion is sterilization and the rape of women is
1: systematic in China, we condemn those atrocities. And we condemn the atrocities and we stand with the people of Hong Kong who fight for democracy.
0: And let's not forget the oppression of the Tibet people. For so long they have been forgotten. And on that note, I have nothing further to add just this, that the East End has a rich heritage a rich history of standing together on the principles of humanity of standing together to
2: challenge oppressors and so today we challenge the ccp
1: yes yes Yes. come on
0: so today we're speaking to three campaigners who work closely with councillors to achieve this major victory We'll discuss the significance of this development in the context of reconfigured UK-Chinese relations and what may happen next. So welcome to Rahima Mahmood, who is the UK director of the Uyghur Congress and the executive director of Stop Uyghur Genocide. Welcome also to Simon Cheng, who's founder of the UK-wide diaspora group Hong Kongers in Britain. And welcome also to Tenzin Kunga, who's chair of the Tibetan community in Britain. I'd like to speak to first to ask Simon Cheng, who spoke at this critical Tower Hamlets meeting earlier this month. Um, What what is the significance of this development, Simon, and what were your main concerns?
3: Well, when the first time I have been invited for, for, for the meeting um, at the Tower Hamlets Council, I think I, I, I already know that is quite significant moment because what Rabina, uh, as a former councillor, told me is, you know, is the date that they would decide whether they would give approval to the uh, moving plan of the Chinese embassy, to the Royal Cot. So I know I have to attend to that if I have been lucky enough to have been assigned a chance for this. I understand that there's also a huge solidarity with Uyghur's Muslim populations and Tibetan communities Um, I also saw Kanga uh, attend as an audience over there and I also saw uh, Rahima and others' uh, fellowmen from uh, Uyghur's community uh, state to protest outside of the tower Hamlet's council and I think it's a very uh, moving moment for that and also is is even out of my expectation. Um, I mean, is beyond my expectation. I thought the the, the best scenario would be deferral, but they what we wait for is the outright um, 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 rejection for 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 the for the moving plan. So at least you know, like from the perspective of Hong Kong's community, um, and also I'm one of the um, Activists have been in exile,s in the UK. The sense of insecurity always there, and when we first ever that know about the moving plans, it's intimidating because, as you mentioned, Kate, um, what they're going to move in would be like a castle. Then, you know, they will upgrade not only the facilities, but they would introduce maybe even, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees over that. So we would be worried about massive civilians will be in the central London. So when the time we hurt is unanimously veto the moving plans by the pro-democracy councillors in Tower Hamlets, I feel really confident. I feel even that save uh, back into the community. I think it's a really, really good message to not only Hong Kong's community, Uyghurs, Tibetans, others, but even the local residents I live in the Tower Hamlets for, for years. I have a very close sense of belonging to, to this place. I don't really wanna see there's lots of dramas and lots of, you know, fears that it would bring what happens in Hong Kong, but will become to the UK. So it's, it's really encouraging note to me. And I think it is a very, very uphill battle uh, along the journey. Um, not so many people would thought, you know, Uh, a local resident's opinion could be heard, even could veto such a great lens of a great power. We thought that the UK government would be afraid of such a great power, and they would give in, in turn, you know, uh, uh, facing such real political situation. But democracy wins because the voices of local residents, you know, matters. And that's why following, you know, the decision making process, the councillor need to be held accountable for the voters over there so they follow the opinion of the local residents and that's why we see this miracle happen.
0: Simon and we also saw there that the local councillors before the uh, refusal to to accept this planning application um, they also were speaking of changing the name of the road
2: Outside,
0: yeah. where the the site of the embassy, they were speaking about calling the road Tia- Tibet Hill or Tiananmen Square, and uh, that that's also very significant as well.
3: Yes, well, I admit that uh, I heard, um, you know, maybe one of the compromising way is that you know the Chinese embassy would move in, but they would rename the area surrounding. Embassy, like Tibetan Road, Uyghurs Road, or Hong Kong Square, whatever. Um, but that is still a less optimist, uh, less optimised scenario for us. The best scenario now it come is the totally outright rejection of the moving plan. So we could have a very good
0: sleep actually in Tao Hamas now. And what what happens next? Does this have to go to the government? Does this have to go to higher levels?
3: Yes. So um, this rejection. Uh, also, that would be forward to the mayors of London and also will forward to um, the relevant uh, central government department uh, in Westminster. But I do think if, you know, the local residents uh, speak out their voice very clearly, that they don't want to have this kind of the security concern back in the community. I don't see any point that mayors of London and even the officials in central government would, you know, turn it, uh, turn it around over this decision. They it was about the local community's decision.
0: Mm. We also have, of course, um, a Muslim mayor of London, Sadiq Khan. And I gather that the government department involved is Michael Gove, the uh, the minister of, of levelling up. Um, and I'd like to just ask Rahima, Tower Hamlets is the um, is. encompasses London's famous East End, as Simon has mentioned, which has something of a history of standing up to fascism, standing up to rights abuses. Um, And it also is the largest Muslim majority in the country. So councillors across the political divide, in your experience, were they aware of the suffering of their brothers and sisters in East Turkestan?
2: Hi Kate, thank you for having me. Um Yes, very much. Uh, as Uyghur uh, leading campaigner, we also, uh, from the start of uh, the genocide uh, happening in uh, my country, East Turkestan, uh, since 2016, uh, the first place we reached out was the uh, uh, East London uh, mosque and many other organizations, mostly based in East London. And also, as you said, they already have this uh, tradition that's standing up against um, the oppressors, fascism, uh, regardless of faith. Although uh, the uh, genocide that is happening, the people, Uyghur people, are Muslim, and that is have a very... Uh, great connection with the uh, Muslim communities. And in this particular case, Rabina Khan, uh, I must hail her that, you know, she was the one who worked really, really hard. And we played the role how to uh, mobilize our own community and to raise awareness and uh, um, help to achieve uh, this decision in the end
0: and Rahima how how important a
2: decision do you think this is
0: how significant does it feel to you as a Uyghur living in the
2: UK yes every every success you know every campaign when we have when we achieve success and and in this case we worked very hard with Hong Kong uh, community, the activists, Tibetans. Um, this is one of the I I would say that most enjoyable uh, campaign uh, campaigns that we led, and for Uyghurs, it's a victory. Uh, it's Im- extremely important, uh, as Simon uh, mentioned earlier, because for all community, especially uh, those who are really under. Um, pressure and a persecuted, um, like my community facing genocide, we always have this uh, security fear in uh, exile. Even in London, majority of our Uyghur uh, friends dare not to come forward to even Uh, speak about their sufferings and what is happening to their family members back home. I know there are families who had family died in concentration camps. They didn't, up until now, speak uh, to media or even um, the government level, at government level, simply because they fear the the, uh, consequences. And uh, also we have this... um, most of the Uyghurs also who are active um, one way or the other, they have uh, faced harassment, intimidation, and sometimes it's the uh, the family who asking them not to uh, get involved, not to say anything about uh, the government. And uh, uh, for this reason, it's extremely important that, our work, our voice uh, uh, is recognized, and uh, Uyghur people. It also they encourage that Uyghur community here that, in fact, um, getting involved in campaign like this, um, make sure that their voice is heard. That can actually make a change. Also, feel comforted by uh, you know this decision. Uh, that feel that we have friends uh, in, in everywhere that support our movement, and I think uh, the main reason, the most most important reason that this uh, planning permission was uh, refused, because of the residents of the Ta- tower hamlet, and they stood up and uh, they said no, and that was very very important. So it was inspiring on the level of local grassroots involvement,
0: as well as for Tibetans, Uyghurs, Hong Kongers, and others who face oppression from the Chinese Communist Party state. So Tenzin Kunga, you're chair of the community in Britain. And I'd first like to ask you how many how many Tibetans are in the UK? And this development was quite close to home for the Tibetans because there's a large Tibetan community in southeast London living in Woolwich and uh, I just wondered if you could speak about the Tibetan community's involvement in this uh, development.
4: Yes, Uh, firstly thank you Kate uh, for organizing this and to the FNVA and it's a privilege to be uh, joining this discussion alongside uh, two uh, amazing activists in uh, Rahima and Simon. And uh, just to give a little brief overview about the Tibetan community in Britain, uh, we have approximately 1,000 Tibetans living in the whole of the United Kingdom with the vast majority of them living in London. And like Kate, you rightly pointed out, uh, we have uh, a big chunk of them living in the village area, which is uh, southeast of London. And if you look at this Tower Hamlets borough, uh, we have... um, uh a, a few a few tibetan families living there and uh if i talk about this uh issue about the chinese embassy move into the london borough of tower hamlets uh um, like rahima and simon already pointed out uh uh for this campaign you know uh, even though we are right now discussing the, the rejection of the planning application but we have been working together on this uh, uh, for quite some time. Uh, you know, I'm, I can think about the the previous council's uh, uh, efforts in working together with the Uyghur, Hong Kongers and other groups to get the names uh, for for the streets surrounding the proposed Chinese embassy. And like Rahima earlier said, Rabina Khan has been really leading this and she has been guiding us and all of us have been Uh, together on this to make uh, this a success. And we are pleased that the motion was passed to uh, rename and also name, there were some roads there, no names at all. So name some of the roads and streets around the proposed Chinese embassy uh, with the Uyghur Code, uh, Tiananmen Square, uh, Hong Kong Road, and Tibet Hill. So that's one part. And the other part, since we are here to discuss the Tower Hamlets uh, council's decision to reject the planning application. Uh, this is uh, this is a huge victory for all the groups who are oppressed under the communist regime. Uh, you know, when when I first heard about uh, the the planning council's uh, meeting, you know, to discuss this, uh, I remember a Tibetan resident who lives in the Tower Hamlets borough. You know, reaching out to me. To say that the residents are uh, uh, gathering uh, uh, lots of information and also trying to uh, file complaints uh, with the uh, Strategic uh, Development Committee, so that is the Planning Council of the uh, tower hamlets, and uh, uh, and the resident wondered, you know, if uh, the Tibetan community would also be willing to file a complaint. So I I immediately said yes, definitely on behalf of the Tibetan community, we also filed a complaint uh, uh, along, alongside the hundreds of other complaints that were received from all the residents. And, and so I think this is a huge victory for all of us who have been campaigning against the Chinese communist repression. Uh, and like Simon said in the beginning, uh, uh, I was also there in the council meeting You know when this uh, decision was being discussed. And... Initially, when I went in, I was really uh, kind of uh, uh, worried, you know, what the outcome would be because this, this is a very major decision, very big decision, which will affect uh, all the oppressed people. So I was, I was really concerned. But as the discussions progressed, you know, it was clear that a lot of complaints had been filed in and the councillors were raising the uh, voices of the, their, their residents, you know, basically bringing their concerns uh, over to the decision table, and some of the concerns uh, which uh, were highlighted was things like um, you know that uh, um, proposed new embassy would become like a fortress and become a terrorist target. One and two is you know already that area is really very congested, and uh, with the uh, with the protest, you know uh, happening against the Chinese embassy on a regular basis, the residents were worried about how that Uh, small space would be able to cope a large number of protesters coming in. Uh, And also one really concerning thing was also about the Chinese embassy's uh, uh, kind of proposal to basically uh, say that we will invest £200,000 for CCTV surveillance. So this is also something really concerning, particularly at a time in the UK when Uh, the campaign groups across are working together to ban uh, companies like the Hike Vision and the Dahua. You know, these cameras have been really very intrusive, uh, especially in the Uyghur concentration camps and also inside Tibet. So at a time when we are trying to uh, root out these uh, uh, cameras, you know, the Chinese embassy is coming forward to say that we will be investing 200,000 in the CCTV surveillance. So that is also one of the concerns that has been raised by the Uh, residents saying that they're worried about the increased surveillance, the intrusive surveillance uh, and about their safety and things like that. So overall, it's a huge victory for all the oppressed groups. And uh, the best thing that I recall in the meeting is as soon as the decision was made to reject the planning application, which is also uh, the position of the Tibetan community in Britain, we, we filed this complaint saying that this needs to be rejected. And when this decision of rejection came over, I remember Simon, who was in this designated speaker's area, you know, he was it was like jumping with joy and, you know, like clapping and uh, myself, along with the other Uyghur friends and uh, uh, our friends from the Free Tibet, you know, we also joined in and we made a huge cry. So it it was it was a very, uh, you know, momentous occasion and a great victory for all.
0: Thank you, Kanga. And this was going to be a flagship embassy for the Chinese. In fact, I think it was it was uh, going to be one of the biggest Chinese embassies globally, even bigger than 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 Washington or elsewhere. So I can only imagine um, how the news was was received in Beijing, you know, that 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 relatively lower level officials, not even the highest echelons of the British government had turned down this application. So it's a very striking development indeed. And, and congratulations to the three of you and all the others who, who campaigned on this. There was another striking development just a few days ago. Um, on a previous podcast, we talked about the Hong Kong protester, Bob Chan, who was dragged into the Manchester Chinese consulate and beaten up not even by hired thugs, but by the Chinese consul general and consular officials themselves. And in the last few days, James Cleverly, the British foreign minister, has made a statement. We initiated a process based on our adherence to the rule of law. Uh, Greater Manchester Police initiated an investigation as part of that investigation, requested that six Chinese officials waive diplomatic immunity so they could be uh, questioned. We informed the uh, Chinese uh, embassy uh, of that and we set a deadline which expired today, making it clear that we expected them to take action. In response to our request, uh, the Chinese uh, government have now removed from the UK uh, those uh, officials, including the Consul General uh, himself, Yes,
3: I think that's the outcome is well expected. Um, actually, we have been very closely follow up with the case. We stayed with the victim's botching for, for for a long time. Um, we understand that he is suffering lots of pressures um, because, you know, he has his own families like in the UK and even some of those in Hong Kong. And now he is on the limplight. Um He felt pressure and lots of still verbal harassment online targeting him and mm-hmm. attacked it physically by consulate officials so he's actually one of the victims that's why the police investigation start um so so we understand that's difficulties um so when it happened for example like recently we, we saw china remove the six diplomats involved into the attacks including the top diplomats in manchester from china um you know blockchained Expressed that he wanted to see the case have been closed and he could move on to, you know, embrace a normal life in the UK. However, I think, you know, from a perspective, not only dissidents but, you know, people living in the UK, we know it's not one-off case. Um, it's not individual failing. It's a state behaviour. So, that's the thing that we really hope that the government could be tougher. Need not to wait until, you know, the police police investigation had been brought up we know that is a procedure due procedure uh you know for 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 getting more evidence with this, but because we have regular you know um, communication with greater manchester police we understood based on the preliminary conclusion that's the understood that's the violence that happened you know had been staged over that is excessive from from consulate sign And we understand that, you know, political decision, diplomatic actions, that they could be, you know, separate from, you know, the judicial or legal proceeding. Um, And, you know, it it gave a little bit much time for Chinese foreign ministry to be very relaxingly uh, remove their diplomats themselves. And I understood the public opinions in the UK, they would feel maybe to a certain degree of shame or, you know, or, or, or sense of duty they removed the themselves but actually if you see the statements issued by the chinese foreign ministry um they 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 didn't admit any kind of wrongdoing they they even said you know it's a normal reshuffling of the staff uh between the uk and china then so that's why they sent off those people back to the country or to other country so i i feel you know it is quite sad to see the outcome that's the, the, the face almost without any consequences. And this bunch of people, they might be back to hometown with heroic welcome. They could frame themselves as tragic hero. That's the, they try to save the face of dictator Xi Jinping. And that's why they could get promoted or rewarded afterwards when they're back to Beijing. And this also a wrong signal to the UK society that provided you're a diplomat, provided you're sent from a great, great, great power, that's the UK being scared of, then they could hold their privilege and impunity and abuse that kind of privilege to abuse and bully the people in here in the UK on the British soil. So I do hope like, you know, UK society, UK government is civilized, so that's why they wanted to be very rigid to deal with this. So that's why they wait for the police investigation. However, what's in return you can see is a humiliation. So I do think that it's many things that this could follow up. For example, if you know the initial investigation, what they could preliminary concluded that some depriments that time some people, they involved in assaulting in Manchester, they could they could talk with the prosecutors to still seeing what else they could do, and also they could declare unilaterally is a people unwelcome and talk with some diplomatic um, allies or de- uh, democratic allies that, you know, this bunch of people would bring troubles to other country, So it would cause huge inconvenience for those people in the future. And I think it could proportionately, you know, hope those people uh, be responsible to account. I think this is what we want to say and I hope that UK government as a central government to be tougher because what we had previously discussed is a victory a historical victory uh, at a very very local level and it's you know it, it give a you know it give a very clear example to the UK government even a local council could be brave enough to stand against a great 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 power autocratic power let alone the UK central government, you have more power and you have much more sense of duty to protect your democracy and freedom or security of the British people on the British soil. So that is a careful lesson for us.
0: Absolutely right. And Simon, is, is there any sense of the Chinese response to the Tower Hamlets decision to this victory at a local level?
3: Well, they haven't talked much, but what I expect they would submit application, and they would give the pressure to May of London or central governments of the UK. So they would through the diplomatic, uh, uh, you know, channels to talk with them, and even with some threat or pressure. For example, the British diplomatic back in China, their new maybe proposed moving plan of the British embassy in Beijing, or uh, you know that's many investment opportunities back in Beijing as well or in the UK as well so as usual they will weaponize all the things that they have including economic uh, power or muscle to let the UK government give in to following what they want to do um, and I think it's a big big trade-off for the UK government you need to think twice that, you know if you give in this time if you step back this time for example even you witness. The assault have initiated by the state, by the top diplomats in Manchester, just because you know the protester they, they they hold a placard which is sarcastic to the dictator Xi Jinping is unacceptable. If you give in, that is a systematic behavior. They would tax your limit, and they would go beyond the boundary of the UK. Then we 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 wouldn't imagine we we can't even imagine what even more horrible would happen if the UK government now at this moment give in. So we're very glad that to see the Foreign Secretary make a statement and talk about his regret uh, in front of the media, but that's not enough. I could say I'm very, very grateful to this because I'm a powerless, only one individual advocating for democracy for my hometown, taking risk. But Foreign Secretary, okay. you have more duty and power to protect your own people so much more concrete actions we're waiting for you know we're waiting for
0: so this is a real test for the british government going forward and of course the british prime minister rishi sunak has said it's no longer a so-called golden era from the david cameron days for britain china relations but the foreign minister james cleverly a few days ago gave a slightly more nuanced, slightly more defeatist uh, picture of the British posture to China, um, which overall you could perhaps summarise as saying that the trading relationship retains its significance. Um, there are dangers ahead for for human rights um, and problems ahead for those who are seeking accountability for the PRC's atrocities against the Uyghurs and in other areas. So, so I think it would be good to um, also mention a new development which happened a few days after the Tower Hamlet decision um, Along the line on Human Rights Day, 10th of December, in the United States, the US administration sanctioned two officials who were senior in Tibet. And um, one of them is, is called Wu Ying-jai, and he was the, the top party boss of the Tibet Autonomous Region until uh, 2021, until last year. And the other person who was sanctioned was someone called Zhang Hongbo. And he was the head of Tibet's public security, uh, the director of the TAR Public Security Bureau. And he still is um, until this year. So both of them were accused of serious human rights abuses and they were sanctioned, which means that the US administration can freeze their assets overseas. And I wonder if Tenzin Kunga, if you could comment on on that latest move by the U.S.
4: Uh, yes, I think uh, the Biden administration sanctioning these two officials that you named, Kate, earlier, uh, is a very uh, symbolic gesture on the part of the U.S. administration, but also effective one, uh, because normally you you don't sanction people just like that, you know. So when once you sanction the uh, party secretary of the Tibet Autonomous Region and the police chief, then you send out a message that uh, what is happening inside the Tibet Autonomous Region is really very concerning. So through these sanctions, I think the Biden administration is uh, is uh, expressing its alarm at the human rights situation inside there. And we all know that uh, Tibet has consistently been ranked as the least free uh, region in the world and that is because it has been completely closed off to the outside world and lots of repressions are happening there which the outside world is not aware of. So in that sense I think this uh, sanction is a very welcome and it sends a very strong message to the Chinese communist regime that the US administration uh, is, uh, is keeping a keen eye on what's happening inside and they will do Whatever is in their means to uh, to point that out and to take action, uh, just like the sanctions that has been imposed, and we welcome that. And it's uh, uh, it's it's very symbolic that they did this on the International Human Rights Day, uh, a day where you know uh, all the oppressed group around the world, just like here in the UK, you know, Uyghurs, Hong Kongers, uh, Tibetans, uh, Southern Mongolians, and even uh, Chinese students, we all got together to protest against the Chinese Communist Party.
0: Existing party
4: secretary who took over from Wu
0: ying in the Tibet Autonomous Region, uh, Wang Junsheng, has also been sanctioned by the UK and by multiple governments. Although, as yet, Chen Guo, who Guo, who presided over repression in Tibet before being transferred to Xinjiang, where he then led a lot of the uh, abuses against the Uyghurs that we still see today, He's, he still remains unsanctioned by by the British government.
2: Ang um, Chen um, I think, is another campaign that we led with Free Tibet and Tibetan um, friends. I think we should restart this campaign because Chen Quanguo, um is the architect of this uh, genocide that the Uyghurs are facing. We have been suffering for the last six years. So I'm not uh, sanctioning Chen a shameful decision uh, by the British government and the uh, EU countries. And therefore, I think it is important that we keep this fight and until he's sanctioned. Uh, because people like him and many others uh you know should be um held accountable for what they have done and to people uh in east turkestan as, well as as well as in tibet.
0: Thank you Rahima and I think that the alliances that have been developed to fight against the Communist Party state in London, at Tower Hamlets and across the world, the Uyghurs, the Tibetans, the Hong Kongers, the other victims of Chinese repression must be inspiring and and bring hope to to so many as as we face this this growing threat. So thank you so much to Simon Cheng, to Rahima Mahmood, to Tenzin Kunga for for joining us today and participating in this really enlightening discussion. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Kate.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>